Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewhale.com and check it out. Welcome to Pit Stop. Joining me today is the creator, the CEO, the founder, the father of Fort, which is a magnetic pillow fort for kids. And this product, you have to go see their Kickstarter listing. They're, they just do so much right for for selling a product online, making it very easy to see what the product does and how your life will be better. Joining me is Connor Lewis. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Pit Stop. Thanks, Lucas. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much for for coming on. And I we were talking in the uh, the green room a little bit. I've done a couple crowdfunds. Probably I think one did 10k, another did like 5k, and you did over three million dollars. I did. And, and and to top that off, I don't know if you knew this exactly, but I did almost I did actually I did two million dollars within ten hours. I I remember that because I remember on the first day I saw one point four and then I refreshed it and it was just going up and up and up. And I, I, I've I follow e commerce pretty closely. I had never seen anything like that. Yeah, you know, um, we're we're a really non-traditional Kickstarter in the sense that we built a huge following off platform on our email list, Facebook group, things like that. And what we did was we educated our customers really hardcore about Kickstarter, uh, most of whom had were first-time Kickstarter backers, and we brought them to the platform um, because you know we kind of felt that that Kickstarter was the right place to launch this to get that that pre-order cash, and uh, it it ended up being huge. And that's what I think is one thing that I'd love to to talk about, and maybe that's what we'll we'll do for that first episode is really audience building pre-launch, and I think that. Kickstarter is great, but it's not that the discovery platform it was eight, nine years ago. It's really a way to bring your audience, get a little press and, and test something before bringing it to market. So how did you build your Facebook community and your email list ahead of launch? So we started really traditionally uh, with Facebook ads. And basically what happened was when I kind of identified that the um, that this product uh, resonated with a certain type of customer, usually being... Uh, females between you know uh, mid twenties to mid late thirties. Um, I was looking at kind of where they were, and I found that the most engaged potential customers were were mostly on Facebook, and um, which you would kind of think the millennial mother for the most part is is um, is going to be on Instagram, right? But they I found them in Facebook groups, and so so what I did was I I ran really simple Facebook ads kind of targeted at people who would like similar things to these Facebook groups that had tons of engagement. And um, I kind of piggybacked off of other products that I saw were doing really well in these groups. And basically, people found me. And when they found me, my marketing funnel was set up so that basically, I would uh, I would take a lead and turn it into five leads, meaning I I incentivized them with this sort of viral sharing campaign, you know, so share this product on your Facebook page or in your Facebook group, and you get a chance to win a free product. 
And so um, using this viral sharing kind of marketing funnel, I, I kind of amplified my marketing spend and uh, kind of my claim to fame pre-Kickstarter was I built an 80,000-person email list uh, with only $3,000 wow. of ad spend. So it was that um, the 80,000-person email list, was that for Fort or another project that you had done previously? No. So that was just specifically for the Magnetic Pillow Fort Fort. So it was completely built off of that. And, um, and, and about halfway through, I kind of identified that our customers were really interested in SMS as a, as a communication method. And so we, we started moving from this Facebook to email and email to SMS and, and built that list up as well. And, and they just became, I mean, you know, it, it speaks for itself, $2 million in 10 hours. That was just because I had these people lined up ready wow. to go. So, I mean, $3,000 of, of pre-launch, that's that's what it co- probably cost me all, all for signage and inventory and everything to do my first trade show, let alone to get 80,000 emails. <laughs> it's almost free. At, at that point, it's negligible. I mean, if you think a dollar yeah. per lead is, is a good price to pay, you're getting essentially like 94% off retail value. It's it's absolutely unbelievable, and and you know we've we've still continued to be able to get leads pretty che- cheaply at this point. You know we are we're actually in a funny pre-launch stage. We're about to launch on Shopify, and we basically reran the same type of uh, marketing funnel and campaign we were doing previously. And the only difference is really that our spend is just slightly higher. You know we're we're going to be crossing like thirty to thirty two thousand new email leads just for this new Shopify launch, not including the obviously previous 80,000. And um, we've been getting leads uh, from Facebook ads for, you know, around, you know, 25 to 30 cents, which is amazing. And, you know, uh, about five to 10% of those leads will actually share with a friend, right? So, so we're still amplifying leads. The hype isn't quite as big, You, you know, we'll never quite get that original organic, like growth, like we did, but you know, it's still, it's still really powerful. Amazing. And it's, I mean, eighty thousand emails is is huge. Even if they don't they don't convert, and I thought that it was really interesting how you mentioned you were educating them on what Kickstarter is because really when you think about it, and if I look at your uh, your your products, they start at a couple hundred bucks. So it's not the impulse buy like like a pack of gum or even twenty bucks that you see something on. It's a significant amount of. Of money, so you're asking people to give up a couple hundred dollars, and they're not going to get their product for for a few months. Yeah, it's a really that is a really challenging hurdle to overcome. We were really lucky. I think the pandemic actually ended up being really beneficial in this way, in that uh, the main competitors in this kind of kids play furniture space were sold out. Uh, the supply chains were maxed out. And so customers were really used to, you know, waiting for a product and or the product being really limitedly available and launching new products only every six or eight weeks because they could only catch up with delivery or inventory or manufacturing every, you know, six or eight weeks. So we've really gotten this amazing grace period uh, that we wouldn't have had. I think all Kickstarters have a grace period. Don't get me wrong. You know, if you deliver a Kickstarter to 100% of your customers within a year, you're basically a magician <laughs> at this point. You know, so many Kickstarters have failed, but we were able to to really educate these non-Kickstarter non-typical Kickstarter customers because they were used to this system for other products they were interested, other pieces of kids' play furniture, other kids' toys. 
And um, these, these, uh, most of these parents were really engaged in those communities. They were almost collectors of these products. And so seeing my product, which is a new, exciting product, you know, they really wanted to be the first to get their hands on it. And, and that really benefited us. And we really made sure to not take it for granted and really try to answer all those questions. So, you know, often it was as simple as a Loom video showing them how to check out on Kickstarter or an iPhone video of like, hey, here's how this aspect of the product works. You know, it can be as simple as that. But I think customer education like that has been valuable and it has continued to to help make fans of products that that they don't even have yet. Yeah, and I'm just writing that down of customer education is really a strategy. You could go, you could go into just customer education and, and do a full day workshop on on just that. Yeah, it's really it's it's as I've as I've broken down this whole Kickstarter raise, it's been one of the key things that I think we've done. And I, I think even we could do better right now. I think, you know, it's it's the first time founder dilemma for me right now is I'm so bogged down operationally and with manufacturing that that I've lost the I've I've had to just like kind of drop off on some of those certain areas. And so, um, but previously, you know, when I didn't have any money, I didn't have any people ordering my product because it wasn't even available. All I could do was constantly tell them about how it works and how to check out and all these things. And and so, um, it's really going to be, I think, a big part of what we continue yeah, to do. I think that that's just just phenomenal. Even on the customer education piece, how your your gifts are very. They might take a second to or two seconds to loop, but you think about them for 15, 20 seconds, like the the ketchup being poured on and then wiped off, and then you see a dog with it with big claws sitting on top of the the material. So you know it's nice and durable. It just it really mm-hmm. educates in a way that hits on just every kind of it just busts every objection that that somebody might have, and it makes sure that they they see the message. It's not just a bullet point that says durable and easy to clean. It just it really shows what that means. One of the ways we think about it um, when we were launching, uh, starting to build out this Kickstarter page specifically, was what do they want? What what does this you know mother or father who's buying this product or grandmother, grandpa, or, you know whoever these people are? What do they want out of this? What do they want to know it does? You know, for for them, they want to know that this is going to give them some some sanity in that it will help entertain their children. They want to know that it is durable, that if ketchup spills on it, they are going to be able to wipe it off. And they want to know and see how those magnets actually work. So those those gifts are all super powerful in in just kind of helping cross the chasm of this, you know, multi-hundred dollar product that is certainly not an impulse buy. You know, we really need to um, continue to figure out how to acquire those customers because it's only going to get harder from here on out, you know, and uh, especially at retail price and with, you know, the challenges uh, with Facebook advertising, it's a really interesting problem to Mm -hmm. have to solve. No, it absolutely is. And as we wrap up uh, episode one here, Connor, what other tactics would you would you give to to someone other than really may don't just collect a lead and then let it sit there find a way to turn that into two three four five leads and really snowball but also to educate until that that time of purchase how much time did you spend building that list before launching the kickstarter so if you're really trying to build a list for a product launch or a kickstarter i would i would recommend spending at least eight weeks um, and especially having the product 
front and center out there as much as possible. Be okay with putting yourself on camera. And I think the big thing is it does not have to be perfect. Put yourself in their shoes. What do they want to see? Oftentimes, the the features and things that you think will amplify your brand or your um, email list are not actually what the customer wants. So um, really listen to them. Um, see if you can get a few of them in some sort of community, whether that's just an email thread you have with a few of the top engagers or a Facebook group or even a text chain. Um, feel like feel comfortable enough to reach out to them, find out what their really needs and desires and questions are, and then just use that to help uh, kind of continue to drive engagement. And then with every communication you send, always try to keep moving that that lead to another platform where you can get a deeper and deeper relationship. So with every email you're sending, make sure there's a link to your Facebook group or make sure that they have an opportunity to say like, oh, you know, you want to get learn about our product drops even faster, get on our SMS list because we text it out immediately. So continue to push, push, push people awesome. through. I, I love that. And just always have some call to action or some next step. Don't, don't just run your messaging to a dead end and say, wait, nobody wants to wait. They just give them something to do. Yeah, absolutely. That we we do that constantly. It's always like, hey, here is the next here's the next way that you can get either more involved or get a better discount, get a better get a quicker faster information. Absolutely. Well, Connor, thanks so much for this first episode of Pit Stop. Let's wrap it up here and we'll get into the next one talking about some of the logistics around Kickstarter shortly. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I'm going to take a page out of Connor's book. If you're listening to this and you're a member of any of the wonderful Shopify Facebook communities, give it a share. Love to love to see you there. Steel switched to OmniSend and immediately saw a lift in revenue. They started automating their welcome series, card abandonment series, and their post-purchase messaging. Just like Baking Steel is the perfect upgrade for your kitchen, OmniSend is the perfect upgrade for your Shopify store's marketing automation. 70,000 customers from home and kitchen brands to consumables and everything in between trust OmniSend. If you're not using a marketing automation platform that connects directly with Shopify, what are you waiting for? Don't leave revenue on the table this BFCM. Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewhale.com and sign up today.